are we doing? Good. You made it out of that blizzard, whatever that was that came down, and you made it to the house of the Lord. You shoveled your cars out, or maybe some of you have a garage and you just drove out. Whatever you did, you made it to the house of the Lord, and we are so excited that you're here. And this service is our Mission Sunday, which is so exciting. We do this once a year, and it's an opportunity, church, for us to see the faithfulness of God. That's what it is. It's a moment where we get to see when we tithe and when we offer and even the special moment that we have now where we give to missions. We get to see what God has done with your faithful giving. And so in the next moment, I'm actually going to take you through all the different missionaries that we were able to support in 2021 because of your sacrificial giving. And so it's exciting. The missions committee, we meet every so often and we get to go through all all the newsletters that are sent in of the missionaries and what God is doing in their lives. And you're going to notice with some of the pictures that are going to be shown of the different missionaries we support that it's not always just a husband and wife that go out, but it's also their children that go with them. And so it's incredible, church, how being a part of God's plan and being obedient to the call of God is not just for you and for your husband or just for yourself, but it's for your family. And so it's incredible seeing families going out, selling everything that they own to be part of what God is doing in the nations. And you guys get to support those missionaries. So we're going to jump right into it and see all the different missionaries that we've gotten to support here in the U.S. and also internationally. So we're going to start with our U.S.-based missions giving. It starts with CareNet Pregnancy. Then we also have the Hoving Home. We've had our ladies come here quite a few times, the choir that has blessed our church. And those locations, I want you to know, they've expanded. They're not just in Garrison here in New York, but they're also in New Jersey, Nevada, California, and North Carolina. And if you don't know about that ministry, what they do is they work with women in restoration process, women that have been abused or have um, had drug and alcohol problems, all these these different areas of life, and they walk them through the restoration process. It's incredible. So your giving has helped thousands of ladies around the, around the U.S. Amen? Amen. Also, U.S.-based missions, we have the Zagamis, who were just here not too long ago. Then Jillian Fogel, she was one of our youth that grew up in our youth ministry that's now out in Hawaii. I know, Hawaii. But she doesn't just stay in Hawaii. She actually goes out. She was actually in Africa. She's actually in Africa right now. Um, so she travels and she leads teams. So your support has helped Jillian there. Also in U.S.-based missions, we have Reggie Stutzman and his wife in Bronx, New York. Our youth ministry has partnered with them quite a few times. Then we have Reach Out and Touch Prison Ministry. Then we have Claude and Meredith Valdez, who that is a church plant in New York. And we support the overall New York ministry network of church planting ministry. For our youth ministry and our children's ministry, they're given as well. It's not just us adults. It's our children as well. So our youth ministry have given to Speed the Light and A21. And our children's ministry has given to BGMC. Speed the Light is amazing. They get different um, items that are needed to get to our missionaries, like vehicles and equipment and all sorts of things like that. 
A21 helps with those that have been exploited by human trafficking. It's the restoration process of those individuals. And BGMC supports our missionaries. Also in U.S., Adult and Teen Challenge in New Jersey. You probably can't see from that picture, but you'll notice some smiley faces that are local here to the Mission Church, like uh, Gerard in that beautiful highlighter color there. You see him? He'll be up here in just a bit. Then in South America, we support Leslie Latona and the Maddox family who are in Colombia. South America, again, we have De Tim and Debbie Anderson in Ecuador and the McCarthys in Uruguay. In Europe, we have the Benacasas in Italy and the Greens in the Netherlands. We have Erica and Mark Anthony who actually work with Convoy of Hope in Spain. In the Middle East, we have Kirsten Hakes. Also in the Middle East, we have the Rolsons and the Whites. You're going to notice that some of their um, locations are blurred out. That is for security purposes. They're in nations um, that are sensitive. Also, we have the Butrons in Singapore and Stephen and Tiffany Gratch there as well. Tina Richter was here with us not too long ago, and she is serving as well in a location that we cannot disclose. In Africa, we have the Wangums, who Pastor Stephen Wangum was just with us. And so he leads, he's the head pastor of Cedar Mountain Chapel AG, but he's also helps Pastor Greg with global leadership training in the Ghana district area. And then we have Meaningful Life International in Ghana as well. We have Kristen and Susie there in another region that we cannot disclose. Then John and Joanne Kabuye, who are in Uganda, but they're also ones that help Pastor Greg with global leadership training. In Africa, we have Philip and Gloria Kayemba. Gloria Kayemba was just with us, and she helps um, Pastor Greg in the Kenya area with global leadership training. And they are also church planting right now as well. Bill and Barbara Kurt in Kenya. Neil and Connie Frey in Zambia, Hope Ministries, that's an orphanage. Stephen and Bailey Kurt in East Africa. And Worldwide Missions, Builders International, which Gerard will give us more details about in just a bit. Also in Worldwide Missions, uh, two local, local founders here in the Mission Church, right? We have Global Leadership Training, founded by Pastor Greg, and then Nation Changers International, founded by our very own Laura Johnson. In 2021, there was special pastor support that we were able to give. In Cuba, pastors, COVID-19 relief, numerous pastors were, be, were able to receive that support. We had mentioned this last year as well in our report because we were able to give in previous years as well. And so these churches, it's not, a, some of the churches are like this. It's a large congregation in a building like ours. But most of the churches and the ones that we've given to mainly are house churches. So could you imagine right now your home, wherever you live, making space in your living room, clearing out your dining room table, opening up your kitchen, putting out some chairs, and their church is happening. And that's how they do it in Cuba. And it is beautiful and it is powerful. So we got to support those pastors there. In Uganda, uh, pastors COVID-19 relief as well. In Kenya, pastors relief. And Uganda pastors relief. So church, these are all the different areas that the Mission Church has been able to give to. And so 
I want you to know that we always talk about with missions that it's not just about those that are going out, but it requires those that send as well. It requires us that are willing to take out our checkbooks and to write that out so that souls can be reached for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not just about this awesome report and these beautiful faces that you're seeing, but day in and day out, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, these people are out there in the field reaching lives. And with every life that they touch, because of your financial giving, it's as if you were touching them as well. So we just want to thank you for being faithful. We want to thank you for giving. We want to thank you for being the arms and feet of Christ extended. So your reach is not just here in Holmes, New York, but it's throughout the nations. Amen, church? Amen. So next up, we're going to have Laura Johnson come up. And look how wonderful she looks, church. Come on, give our first lady a round of applause. <laughs> Pastor Greg, helping her. Good morning. I'm waiting for that first slide up there. Oh, there it is. Good. Okay, so now I know we're on the same page. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. Uh, most of you know who I am, and uh, Sandy just graciously introduced me. Uh, Laura Johnson. I founded uh, Nation Changers International. And because so many people are new here, um, I want to kind of go back to the beginning so that you would uh, have the big the whole picture, okay? So in 2013, God put a burden on my heart to partner with Christian orphanages in Africa uh, to provide long-term sustainable solutions to the thousands of children who are orphaned by war, poverty, and AIDS. We started out small in 2014. We delivered, four, uh, we delivered 50 sheets to an orphanage in Uganda. And at that time, uh, they only had 500 children, uh, orphans. Now they have over 1,000. So the numbers grew. But, uh, and that, so in 2015, we delivered 500 sheets to the same orphanage. Uh, and like I said, they're housing over 1,000 orphans. Uh, as well as we began to uh, provide funding to replace old, bug-infested mattresses and uh, wooden bunks, which also uh, bred bugs. But at that time, also, the government had deemed them a fire hazard. They had had a terrible fire in one of the orphanages there, and many children died. So now the government was telling them, you have to get rid of the wooden bunks. It's time for metal bunks. Uh, so that, that was a very expensive venture, but God provided $14,700 for that. Uh, in 2016, we purchased 350 vinyl-covered mattresses for Good Samaritan uh, Orphanage in Kampala, Uganda. That was a $10,000 venture. But these uh, mattresses, uh, the bugs can't get in, so, and they're easy to clean. So it was worth it. And uh, then uh, we also funded uh, building and roof repairs for Grace Junior School in Mukono, Uganda. It's a, little, it's a smaller place, but uh, you saw pictures of John and Joan Kabulye up there earlier. They also coordinate uh, my efforts there in Mukono. 
So in 2017, uh, we became keenly aware of the need for medical supplies and sanitary products for the older girls. Initially, we partnered with Days for Girls uh, project to meet the immediate need at the cost of $700. However, this was not sustainable. So in 2018, we purchased seven sewing machines, materials, and provided training so that they could make their own washable, reusable uh, sanitary products. And what we use here in the US would not have worked there. It would have been an environmental crisis for them. So uh, this was uh, a great effort, and they, they are continuing it today. That project cost $4,300. Uh, this project, it, it was a huge success because this allowed the girls to attend school the same number of days as the boys. So thank God for that, that the girls are now able to attend school, you know, all year. Uh, so, and also it provided them with a marketable skill. There's such a great need there for these products. And so now these girls are able to produce them and Later on in life, it can be a, you know, a business for them. And that's what our goal is for these uh, children to grow up into uh, productive adults and live uh, good lives. So in 2018, we also expanded our support to orphanages in Kenya by partnering with the Kenya Assemblies of God and Kenya Kids. Our first Kenya Kids project was a farm drip irrigation project in the semi-arid town of Kitangala, and that cost $5,000. This was the first of many projects aimed at orphanages becoming self-sufficient, so they can grow their own food, and they can grow enough food to sell it and then buy the other things that they need. Our second Kenya Kids project was a dairy farm in Katali, Kenya. By the grace of God and your generous support, we were able to purchase supplies and two high-producing dairy cows at the cost of $4,000, uh, making the Katali Orphanage self-sufficient. And just a little bonus there, we didn't know it, but when we bought those cows, they were both pregnant. So we doubled our investment. During the pandemic, we continued to support orphans who were attending Kenya Assemblies of God uh, East Africa University. That is a, a school that, um, as you saw, Gloria Kahemba, who also helps with global leadership training, she is my coordinator in Kenya and with the Kenya Kids Orphanages. So uh, some of these students, God bless them, they're now grown up. And some of them are in full-time ministry, and one just got married. So it just, my heart is overwhelmed as I see these, they were children, you know, they were orphaned, and now they're leading, you know, productive lives and marrying. And, you know, it's just such a blessing to see uh, just how God is uh, using them. So uh, in 2009, from 2019 to 21, we continued to provide shoes and uniforms and bedding, soap and thermometers, and uh, the sewing machines that we purchased in 2018 were instrumental in the production of masks during the pandemic. So in 2021, we sent $3,200 to the orphanage in Kampala, Uganda for COVID-19 relief. 
just kind of as a side note, uh, they, the government made them find homes for all these children because they couldn't keep them. They couldn't properly social distance in an orphanage. They had to find homes for all of these children. Uh, over a thousand children th uh, the social worker had to find homes for. But I'm happy to report that they are all back at Good Samaritan Orphanage now. Thank God. Back to school, right? Uh, okay. Uh, in, in, okay, so 2022, here we are. We're shifting our focus to back to the orphanage in Kampala because we've done a lot in Kenya over the last couple of years. And um, the need for, is for materials to produce more masks, sanitary products, books. They make their own books. We don't buy books. They make them. We don't buy soap. They make it. So these are all skills that they're learning. Um, so uh, they, uh, they need toiletries and medical equipment. Many of these children, when they come to the orphanage, uh, they're sick. They're coming from refugee camps, okay, where they got no medical, uh, you know, help. So uh, diagnostic equipment is vital to providing them with the medical help that they need. And uh, I look forward to seeing what God can do. Uh, in 2022, uh, our budget is $21,000 for this year. I know that's a big number, but you know what? You know, scriptures say faith without works is dead. Works without faith is dead too. We're going to do this by the grace of God and with faith, knowing that this is his work. And, uh, and I thank all of you for, for your support um, in, in just helping these precious children and partnering with me. So with that, I'm excited to announce our first ever Mission Church Memorial Golf Outing, okay, charity. <laughs> Bob Torzelli's, he was the first one to clap because he's working with me on that. I'm not a golfer, he is. <laughs> and proceeds from this event will benefit the orphans uh, that we support. Nation Changers International. So I have a table set up in the in the foyer. Please stop by, pick up one, two, three of the, four of these cards. If you want to golf in a foursome, go for. You don't have to be a golfer. Just come and have fun. Just, you know, hit the ball wherever it goes. It goes right. <laughs> but thank you again for supporting Nation Changers International. God bless you. morning. So with COVID, uh, we haven't been on many trips, obviously, in the last two years or so. Uh, but what I thought would be nice if we would uh, just uh, look at what we've done in the past. I messed this up a little bit, and uh, I was supposed to have music, but that didn't work. So this was our, this was our first trip to Haiti. Um, as you can see, the devastation from the earthquake. Pastor Greg is shoveling a little concrete there, not afraid to get his hands dirty. And this was our team. 
That's the first team. We've been to Haiti four times. We've worked on um, four different churches there. These kids were so willing to help. They just wanted to get involved. They just wanted to jump in and, and work with everyone. In 2013, we went to Ghana. We were able to uh, help with a medical clinic that was being built, which uh, is totally functional now. In 2014, we were in Honduras. In one week, we built a church. This pastor had been praying for 10 years for a church to come, and in one week, uh, we were able to build this church. We've been to Cuba three times. That's Joe Cruz, who's been there for over 20 years building churches. This was our first team to Cuba, putting a roof on top of a church. These guys were digging a well. We did, we did spend some time at the beach. Stevie's very excited, as you can tell. This pastor of this church in Cuba uh, had been praying for five years. He was thinking of retiring, and we were able to build this church. He decided he was going to continue to pastor. That's his family on the right there. This was our third trip to Cuba. This was in Havana. Again, putting a roof on top of a church. They could have services upstairs. These were our last two trips to Haiti. Shortly uh, after our last trip, basically Haiti was closed down. There were a lot of uh, rioting in the streets. The people were getting very frustrated because the government wasn't providing the funding to, that they had been given to rebuild the infrastructure. But these were a lot of local workers here that participated in building this church. Three of us went to Ecuador in 2018. Tim Anderson that we support, uh, we were there to help him out to, uh, to finish uh, a building that they, were, they had already started. These kids all over the world, they have the same faces. And they're excited to see what's going on. We, went, we, were, we had an opportunity to help with a uh, refurbish a, a Bible school that was uh, the Italian Assemblies of God had in uh, Anzio in Italy. And we did not suffer with the food, by the way. <laughs> Some of the students from the Bible school were helping, uh, and it was just great fellowship and 
and uh, just camaraderie, just working with these guys. Our last trip will be, our next trip, I should say, not our last one, will be to Uruguay uh, for the McCarthy's, which we support. And that'll be in uh, October of this year. And if you're interested in going on that trip, uh, you can see me outside afterwards. I have some flyers. We can discuss that. But none of this happens without your support. This is uh, where your money goes when you give to missions. Uh, you change lives, change people's hearts. People all over the world, they tell us the same thing. We can't believe that people from America, because no matter what people say, everyone looks up to Americans. And when people from America come and, and give up their vacation time, give up their funding uh, to come and help them, they, they know that there's a God in heaven. They understand that, that there's something bigger than them to, to allow people to come and, and help them through these things. I'd like to close, uh, well, I'd just like to say thank you for your support, because as I said, none of this happens without your support and your prayers. And, uh, and obviously some people go, and, and as Sandy said, and some people send. So uh, we should give ourselves a, an applause for that, because it's just very appreciative. I'd like to close with this scripture. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Well, we're so grateful for uh, Builders International, the churches that have been built around the world, coming from our church, uh, for Nation Changers International, uh, that is serving um, orphans and displaced children, uh, primarily in East Africa. Um, these are agencies that God has raised up in our church and is sending around the world with your support and with with you as uh, the senders enabling this service, this ministry to go around the world. There's one more agency, international agency, that has been risen up, has been raised up in our church, and that is global leadership training. And I um, wanted to just take a minute and talk about that. Um, this is an organization that we started here in the church that, that centers around the core axiom that leadership will destroy the man or the woman whose character has not been prepared for it. And we understand that with, um, with advancement and promotion in the kingdom of God for leaders, when they're raised up, comes uh, greater attacks, uh, more intense warfare, uh, greater temptations. And if the character of the leader is not developed, then that leader can become top-heavy in his or her promotion and eventually and eventually fall. So global leadership training focuses on providing conferences and material, coaching, publications to leaders, church leaders primarily, who are being raised up in developing countries. And when we go there, our conferences focus primarily on topics on the ethics of leadership. Um, integrity, servant leadership, humility, managing finances, uh, dealing with sexual temptation, um, a lot of the different issues that we, we find that leaders end up struggling with, and then we hear about them or we read about them in the headlines, right? We don't always hear about the good things that leaders do, but we, 
we are quick to read about the bad things that happens to leaders in the headlines when they fall. So we see this a lot in, in developing countries. So global leadership training um, goes into these countries. We connect with uh, local organizations. We provide these conferences. And so we have been all throughout uh, sub-Saharan Africa, from Ghana to Nigeria, over to Rwanda, Uganda, Tanzania, uh, Kenya. We've been in Canada. We've been in, in Cuba. And uh, so the Lord has just really blessed this ministry. And um, for some of you who are rather new to our church, you may not be familiar with what Global Leadership is doing. And over the past couple of years with the pandemic, we've actually had to kind of shut things down. We canceled uh, the conferences that we had scheduled over the past couple of years. So what I wanted to do is just show you a quick video that um, uh, just gives you some insight onto some of the more recent conferences that we did before the pandemic, because this year, Lord willing, we're planning to start up again. We actually have three conferences that are scheduled in East Africa, in Kenya, through the Kenya Assemblies of God, in, and we're, so we're looking forward to that. So I'm going to go ahead and show you this video. It's just a couple minutes long, and um, then we'll move into um, the final portion of our service. You can go ahead and run that video, please.
so as was mentioned, we really, we really appreciate everyone's uh, support and, and your contributions to missions here in the Mission Church. Um, our missions are, are funded basically through, through two main revenue streams. One, we have uh, a line item in our budget, in our general fund, that helps to fund our missions projects as well as the pledges that are made by our congregation, which is what we do on Mission Sunday. So we wanted to give you some insight onto our activities over this past year and, the, and years prior so that you can know what you're giving to and what your pledges are supporting. And at the end of the service today, we're going to give uh, everyone an opportunity to renew their pledges, to bring an offering unto the Lord, because the gospel still needs to go around the world. Amen? Yes. So Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 says that we are to go into all the world and to preach the gospel. And we are to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded to you. This is Christ's command to us as his followers, that we would not just be content with ministry here in our community, being blessed in our church, but that we would take the gospel that we're receiving here and that we would send it out around the world. Because how many know that uh, this world is in trouble? Amen? And there are lost people all around, all around this world, and we need to get the gospel out. So this is what we call the Great Commission. It is the command to go into the world to preach the gospel to make disciples. Everybody say go. Now in that scripture, the Great Commission, the, the Greek word for the word nations is the word ethnos. And the word ethnos is where we get the word ethnics or ethnicity, right? And so what it means is tribes or, or clans or, or people groups, not specifically just nations, but people groups, because in every nation, there can be many different people groups, right? Languages and, and dialects. In fact, today, there are over 11,000 people groups in the world. And of those 11,000, it's estimated that 6,000 have not been reached with the gospel. Of the 11,000 people groups, 6,000 are in unreached areas. Now, what we mean by unreached is that in those areas, there is no gospel witness. There is no Christian church. There's probably no Christians. There's no Bible. These are areas where the gospel has not penetrated. And there are thousands and thousands, millions and billions of people that have not been reached by the gospel, right? So even here in America, you may know a lot of people who, who aren't saved. They don't have Christ but they're going to get exposed to the gospel, you know, they can go on the internet, they can on TV, or they're going to work with someone who's a Christian, right, or they're going to see scripture somewhere. But in these unreached groups, there's none of that. These are people that are, have never even heard the name of Jesus Christ. And so we need to get the gospel out to them because every one of these 6,000 people groups that are going to pass into eternity never hearing the name of Jesus Christ. Let that sink in for a moment, right? Billions of people, 
passing into eternity that have never heard the name of Jesus Christ, right? Now, you might say, well, wait a minute. If they've never heard the name of Jesus Christ, how can God judge them? That's, that's not fair. I thought God was a just judge. Understand this, just a quick theology lesson here. People are not judged before God based on whether or not they heard Jesus Christ or accepted Jesus Christ. People are judged based on their guilt before God because he's a holy God. And all the world is guilty before God. Let me explain it like this. Every person has been created in the image of God, which means that we all have a moral compass, a sense of right and wrong, right? And you can go to some of the most primitive people groups in the nation, and you'll see that they all have certain laws, they have certain norms and uh, taboos, right? a sense of right and wrong in their hearts that they live by. Here's the point. Because of the depravity of sin, every person at some point in their life has violated their own sense of right and wrong. They have broken their own moral codes. The image of God in them that has given them a sense of right and wrong, every person has violated that. And it's that guilt that each person has that they will give an account of before God on the day of judgment. Every person will be found guilty because we've all broken that sense of right and wrong. And this is why we've got to take the message of the gospel to the world. The message of the gospel is this, that there is, yes, there is a God who will judge them, but this God who is a judge is also a loving heavenly father who sent his son to the cross to bear the guilt of mankind. The guilt that every person has in their heart, Jesus took that on the cross. And this is our mission, and this is why Jesus said go. Because he wants every person in the world to hear the message, the good news, that no one has to die in their sin and their guilt, but that our sin and our guilt can be forgiven. Amen? This is our mission, and this is why Jesus said go. And we're thankful for those that go. Pastor Sandy went through the list of missionaries that we support, right? They, they're going. They're there. They're doing it. We're thankful for those that um, have gone and built churches, right? Builders International and Gerard and the, and the different teams that have gone with, with him and others that have gone to build churches. We're thankful for Nation Changers that has gone to reach children with the message of the gospel, right? We're thankful for the opportunity to train leaders, so that in their communities there could be healthy churches and, and a healthy presentation of the gospel, right? Thank God for those who go. Amen? Amen? But here's the reality. Not everyone can go. And not everyone is specifically called to go. That's the reality. Some are called to send. And that's what Paul talked about in Romans chapter 10. Real quick, it says this. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are what? Unless they are sent. This was written by the Apostle Paul, who was called to go to the mission field. But that was his calling. And Paul understood that the call to go is not for everyone. Some are called to send. 
And in fact, for some, that's how they or we fulfill our role in the Great Commission, by partnering with those who go and praying for them and supporting them and sending them. So the Great Commission is not just about going, it's also about sending. Amen. The Father in heaven was a sender. He sent Jesus Christ. Jesus became a sender. He sent the apostles into the world to preach the gospel, right? This is the way missions is done in the kingdom of God. It's like a symbiotic relationship that when God calls those to go, He doesn't just supernaturally provide them with the resources and the support that they need. Money doesn't just appear in their, in their pocketbooks or in their bank accounts, right? He calls them to go, and then he provides the resources that they need by blessing those who remain in the local church. He blesses, the, he blesses us, right? And then he calls us to support them so that they can go. You understand how it's a partnership? We work together. They can't go unless they have us to send them, right? Now, we're going to take a moment and we're going to uh, bring our pledges and our offerings to the Lord. And uh, I just want to say this, that when we do this, we do this boldly. We really do. We don't do this apologetically. We don't do this, you know, feeling bad that we're asking people to give. We do this with joy and with confidence and excitement because this is our opportunity to step into the Great Commission and send the gospel out throughout the world. Amen? Right? So we, we do this with joy in our, in our hearts. And I'm not going to try to prompt everyone to, to pledge or to give by saying, well, if you give, God will bless you. You know, if you give, God, if you give 10, God will give you 20. Or if you give 20, God will give you 100. Or I'm not going to play those games. I'm not going to try to manipulate or anything like that, okay? Because this right here, missions, is about obedience unto the call. That's what it is. It's an opportunity to obey. We do this out of a passion for souls. We do this out of a love for God. We do this out of an obedience to His Word. Amen? Amen. So let's all stand together. And um, we gave an opportunity for everyone to have pledge cards. So we sent these out. We have those in the back if you don't have any. So I have my pledge card here. My wife and I, we have made um, our pledge. We do this every year over and above our tithe, over and above our vision, over and above our consecration offering, we give to mission. So we've made a monthly pledge, and uh, we've also, uh, we make an offering on uh, Mission Sunday, so we make a pledge, and we make an offering as well. So we're not asking you to do anything that we are not already doing ourselves. Amen? Amen. Let me just say this. God blesses us and he raises our standard of not, listen, he blesses us not to raise our standard of living, but to raise our standard of giving. How many believe that? He doesn't bless us so that we can just sit in America and say, thank you, Lord, 
that we live here in a blessed country and we have a nice house and a nice car and three square meals and nice schools and we have great health care. Thank you, Lord. He doesn't bless us so we can just hoard it unto ourselves and enlarge our square footage. The principle is, to whom much is given, much is required. He blesses us so that we can be a conduit through which he flows resources in, in us and out of us to support those who go. Amen? Amen. Amen. So what we're going to do, we're going to pray. Then I'm going to ask you to, uh, to, to make your way to the front. We have these giving chests here. And um, I'm going to ask you to move. So what you do is you'll go to the, let's go to the sides. You'll walk to the side, the center, the side aisles. Come down the side aisles to the chests. Drop your pledges and your offerings in the chests. Then you can move to the center. Return to your seats through the center aisles. And then we'll close in prayer. Amen. Thank you, Lord. That you have given us the opportunity to be senders, Lord God to be co-laborers together with you and with those who go. We recognize, Lord, that many of us are not called to go, but, Lord, we're called to send. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to receive, Lord, the, the pledges that we are going to make today and the offerings that we bring to you today. Lord, we sanctify these. We set them apart. We consecrate this unto you. We ask you, Lord, to take it and to bless it, and to multiply it, Lord, and to use it, God, to further the work of the gospel in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.